whether it's structural racism, whether it's poverty, whether it's a bad school system, whether it's a health challenge, whatever you have had that has been put in your way, the city of Detroit is going to find ways to step in and help you get over those barriers and make your dream. That was the voice of Detroit Mayor Mike Duggan announcing his bid for a third term. Good day, everyone. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad that you have joined us. In that clip, the mayor was talking about his effort to raise $50 million from corporations and charities to establish a, quote, people's fund. Uh, And a day earlier, the mayor announced the city will extend its moratorium on water shutoffs for another two years with the intention of stopping this really controversial policy once and for all for low-income Detroiters. His re-election announcement included both longtime supporters and some surprises, people who have really publicly feuded with Mayor Duggan, notably former Detroit Health Director Abdul El-Sayed, who ran for governor a few years ago and had fallen out with Mayor Duggan, who he used to work for, came out and endorsed the mayor with a taped message. And he cited the mayor's commitment to ending water shutoffs. But other progressives and activists are not necessarily singing the mayor's praises. Last week, we had a show here on Detroit Today where we heard from two water activists who really questioned the mayor's commitment to ending shutoffs, also didn't think it was great that he did not include them and other activists in the announcement. They have been working for years and years to end water shutoffs and felt that some of the credit here was due to them. Uh, We are still waiting for Mayor Duggan to join us. Uh, We will talk with him about any number of things, uh, including uh, his announced bid for a third term. Meantime, let's get going on the phones. If you have questions for Mayor Duggan about his announced plans to run for a third term, uh, if you have questions about water shutoffs and the proposed end of water shutoffs, uh, if you have questions about the election controversies that we have been living through here in the city of Detroit, all of the doubt that Republicans have been casting on our votes here in the city of Detroit. Uh, The mayor has been uh, one of the people speaking out quite a bit uh, about that as well. Uh, Also call if you are interested in talking about Proposal N, which was on the ballot in November, Uh, this idea to borrow a quarter of a billion dollars to continue Detroit's efforts to get rid of abandoned houses, to to eliminate blight here uh, in the city of Detroit. Uh, That proposal was cast by some people as somewhat controversial, but on Election Day, it didn't seem like it really was. Uh, It it really passed uh, quite easily. It got a lot of support. So as always, uh, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, Again, we are just waiting for Mayor Duggan, who is, of course, uh, very busy, Uh, to join us so that uh, we can have this conversation and you can ask him uh, your questions. Uh, We will get to him as soon as he gets uh, to us. Uh, The other things that uh, you can call and talk about today, of course, 
the vaccine, the, the, the news, just the f- pictures of those trucks leaving the Pfizer plant in Portage, carrying this life-saving vaccine to the first people who will receive it. Uh, how moving was that? And how much of an inflection point does that feel like at this point in December uh, with just a few weeks left in the year? Uh, all of the really tough things we have dealt with and shouldered, all of the people that we've lost. I couldn't help but find myself this weekend watching these trucks leaving that plant and thinking uh, of the people that it doesn't arrive in time for, uh, the number of people, the high number of people, especially here in the city of Detroit, um, who died of, of COVID-19. Uh, of course, all hour, uh, we would love to hear from you. How are you feeling about that? How are you feeling about the vaccine? How are you feeling about taking the vaccine, which is itself becoming uh, a controversial uh, a controversial issue? Um, also, today is the day that electors around the country all meet in the state capitals to cast their votes for president of the United States. Here in Michigan, uh, that is happening uh, while the Capitol building is going to be closed to, to the public, uh, partially because of the pandemic and the spread of uh, COVID-19 inside the Capitol building. Uh, we've had some real problems with that, but also because there have been uh, a number of threats against uh, against the um, against the the, the process. Uh, people who are unhappy with the election outcome. Uh, and don't think that uh, the electors should be casting their ballots for Joe Biden, think that Donald Trump should still be uh, the president of the United States, have said that uh, they plan to disrupt this vote of the electors. They plan to make uh, some trouble. So uh, the Capitol is going to be closed today while that happens. Uh, the the uh, It'll be closed, but... Uh, the meeting they are planning to go ahead with and cast the votes. And as of uh, those votes being cast today, Joe Biden will officially be president-elect of the United States. Again, an inflection point in a year where there has been so much back and forth, where there has been so much controversy and trouble uh, that we've had to deal with. Uh, Today will feel like uh, more like an end, I suppose, to to all of the election drama uh, that we've had. So again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to Facebook or to Twitter, and we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, now I want to welcome Mayor Mike Duggan, who announced his plans. Oh, I'm sorry. We don't have, uh, we don't have Mayor Duggan yet. We do have Rick Pluta, uh, who is from the Michigan Public Radio Network, with us to talk about some of the things uh, that are going on, especially this electoral college issue in Lansing and Lane Dunk. Rick Pluta, welcome to Detroit Today. Hello, and I'm uh, uh, proud and grateful to be the mayor's understudy. <laughs> right? They are looking for the mayor. I, I am familiar with Honestly that, with that process, right? Uh, sometimes uh, he doesn't appear where he's supposed to be uh, all the time on time, but uh, we're hoping that he will, that he will join us. Uh, but while you're here, let's talk sure. about this vote of the Electoral College today, mm-hmm. state houses all over the country. Um, here in Michigan, it's going to look a little different than it normally does. Uh, talk about what's going on. Um, sure. Well, I mean, 
it's going to be socially distanced. Um, not as many people are going to be allowed in. It's typically a ticketed only event anyway. That is that, that you need a, a pass to get in. But there's not a clamor typically to do that. This is so pro forma that the public is by and large unaware of, of this formality. Um, this year it's different. Electors are typically allowed to bring a guest. This year they are not. Um, the whole thing is supposed to last, I think, less than half an hour uh, from start to finish. There aren't going to be the receptions and whatnot that come with it. Um, they're going to uh, cast their votes, and by Michigan law, they have to cast their votes for the winner of the popular vote in Michigan, which was was Joe Biden. And if for some reason they don't, then uh, that's considered an abdication of their responsibilities and uh, they're replaced. And besides the parties, the Democrats this year are the ones who um, you know are the ones who choose this. And it's kind of I mean, it's, it's a critical formality. Um, it's the 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 second to last thing to uh, take place before the, um, you know, before the new president is uh, sworn in uh, January 20th. And, you know, the next one would be the actual tally of the votes in Congress on January 6th. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Rick Pluta of the Michigan Public Radio Network. Always great to have you here with us. Thank you very much for joining us with that update on what's happening in Lansing. Of course, we'll follow your coverage and everybody else's as the electors meet and cast their votes in Lansing. Thanks oh, for being here. Pleasure. Yeah. Okay, I now want to welcome the mayor of the city of Detroit, Mike Duggan, to the show. Mayor, welcome back to Detroit Today. Morning, Stephen. How you doing? I'm good. I'm glad to hear your voice. Uh, so let's talk about last week where you announced that you are going to seek a third term uh, as mayor. Talk about how you made that decision. Uh, well, it wasn't uh, really that difficult a decision. I, I felt like uh, in the first four years, we really addressed city services like getting on the street lights and cutting the grass in the parks and getting the ambulances to show up. And uh, the second term was really to demonstrate nationally uh, that Detroit can be a competitor for a business investment. And, of course, we landed the Fiat Chrysler plant, the Amazon distribution center, uh, General Motors investment in their electric vehicles at what they now call uh, Factory Zero and a number of others. And now uh, we got to make sure that it's Detroiters getting those jobs and that Detroiters have the education, the training, the opportunities, the transportation, uh, the uh, support in uh, uh, in a whole variety of ways uh, to make sure uh, uh, that that everybody in the city has an opportunity to succeed. And it was a natural. Uh, uh, progression of what we're trying to do. Uh, and I felt like the job wasn't done. And if the people want to rehire me for <laughs> four more years, I'll see if uh, I can't finish it. So uh, there was a lot of speculation that uh, you might be tapped to join President-elect Joe Biden's new administration in Washington. Uh, and a lot of that speculation was about the strong relationship that you've had with uh, Joe Biden uh, dating back to when he was uh, vice president. I remember uh, the push to get us new buses and how involved he was in that, uh, how much he worked with you uh, and others to, to, to make sure that happened. Um, was that something that interested you uh, or yeah. that, uh, that that came your way, the opportunity to go uh, serve in his new administration? That speculation never for one second came from me. Uh, and 
I said repeatedly, <laughs> I would not you did. consider uh, an opportunity in Washington. I love this city. The people here have been enormously supportive of me for the last seven years. And uh, I was the first elected official in Michigan to endorse uh, Joe Biden. And it's something he's reminded me of uh, repeatedly. But I said to him from the beginning, I'm staying here to finish the job. Uh, I want a partner in the White House. For the last four years, Detroit's been completely abandoned. Uh, by the Trump administration. And, of course, now we have the benefit of having uh, a great friend in Gretchen Whitmer in the governor's uh, uh, office. And uh, he understood that from the beginning, and uh, he's promised me that uh, Detroit is going to be center stage in all of the federal initiatives. And we're very excited about the prospect for this city, having an ally in the White House and an ally in the governor's office at the same time. Hmm. Uh, I, I want to talk just a little bit about... Uh the local election here in in the state of Detroit in November and the proposal that you had on the ballot, Proposal N, to borrow $250 million to continue the efforts to get rid of abandoned houses uh, and blight in the, in, in the city. There was a lot of people who thought that that was not going to pass. There was a lot of people who thought it would be really close. There was a lot of uh, very vocal opposition to the idea. In the end, uh, it, it passed by one of the largest margins that I can remember anything really passing by here in the city of Detroit. I wonder if you can talk about uh, that victory and, and how soon we can expect to see uh, that demolition program, you know, recharging. Well, the only people who thought it was going to be plo- close were people completely out of touch uh, with the residents of the city of Detroit. Mm-hmm. Detroit is every place I went. were overwhelmingly supportive. And about a week before the election, I had a friend from New York call. Say, I feel really bad about your ballot proposal. I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> they said, well, I'm reading all this media coverage. It's going to go down. I said, it is going to pass overwhelmingly in every corner of this city. The people in the city of Detroit were completely behind me. It was just a question of getting it on the ballot so they could get a right uh, to decide for themselves. Uh, but I think uh, people in the city responded extremely well, uh, despite the media coverage. The fact that we've taken down 21,000 houses and doubled the property values in the great majority of neighborhoods in this city, people know their property values have come up. People know their kids are safer when the abandoned houses come down. And uh, the idea that we were going to save every house we can save and demolish those we can't uh, resonated. So uh, I never had any doubt about the outcome, but, you know, 71% is, is right, pretty overwhelming. Yeah. It is. Um, uh, last week, we also had a conversation with two water rights activists uh, who've long opposed the city's shutoffs policy. Of course, you also announced last week that uh, you're ex- extending the water shutoff moratorium and that you intend to try to end the policy uh, for good. Uh, but both Monica Lewis-Patrick of We the People of Detroit and D'Amico Williams of Hydrate Detroit said they were kind of skeptical of your announcement and whether you were truly committed to ending this policy. Here's what uh, Monica Lewis-Patrick said uh, on our show last week. We've seen the mayor do these kinds of big announcements uh, that seem to be more of a political ploy or a media ploy Mm. uh, and doesn't really lead to something substantive for the neighborhood. So we're cautiously optimistic, but we are waiting uh, to see the proof in the pudding. Mm. Uh, I I would love to have you respond to what uh, Monica Lewis-Patrick is saying there, Mr. Mayor. Again, I'm going to say this, is that the media attention has been completely out of touch with the average resident of this city. Uh, When I came into office, 
almost 25% of Detroiters weren't paying their water bills. Detroiters from the wealthiest neighborhoods in the city. And Stephen, you remember the water bills in the city were going up 12, 14, 15% a year, yeah. largely because we were hitting the people who were paying to pay for those who weren't. I think Gary Brown's done an outstanding job. We put millions of dollars uh, into an assistance fund uh, and have put tens of thousands of people who are low income into support programs. We got the overall contribution up to 92%, which is pretty close to national standards. And with the help from the governor last March, we were able to put the moratorium in place. And the reason that we were is that a lot of low-income folks are seeing bills that are double the average Detroiters' bills because they got uh, running toilets, leaking pipes. And the same people who can't pay their water bill don't have the money to make pipe repairs. And so we've gone into hundreds of houses at an average cost of $1,500 a house, fixed the pipes, got the bills down. And when Detroiters have affordable bills, uh, our residents will pay them. And with the support from the governor that we got, we were able to go to what we think is the next stage, which is we have another two-year moratorium. We've got the ability to go into every single house uh, that's low-income that needs the pipe repairs. We've got the ability to subsidize those truly uh, who are low-income. Uh, and uh, in the meantime, we're going to try to find a permanent solution, much like the federal government has done with heating assistance. Uh, and we feel like there should be the same kind of program with water assistance. So I feel like Gary Brown and the Water Department have been very responsible. They've increased the support every step of the way. Uh, and now we're able to, to do a two-year moratorium while we get a permanent solution. What what are the steps that we need to take to get to that permanent solution? What needs to happen to make sure that we can actually do that? Well, you've got a couple of ways that you can go at it. You've got to have a permanent source of funding. If our source of funding is the way it was eight or ten years ago, uh, which is each city is its own uh, account under the state's law, which means when Detroiters don't pay, that bill falls under other Detroiters. That's how we got 12, 14 percent water rate increases instead of the two or three percent we've seen in the last few years. So you could potentially get a, a source of support from the federal government. And the federal government does have this so-called LIHEAP program, Low Income Heating uh, and Energy Assistance Program. It's what's used to support the bills for low-income Detroiters on their gas and electric in the winter. Uh, that federal legislation has never been extended to water. There's a significant bipartisan push right now. Gary Peters is leading it to extend it to water. If we get that passed in the next two years, and certainly we think with Joe Biden and the White House, the chances go way up. That's one solution. If not, we'll go back to the governor, who's made water security a huge priority uh, in, in her administration and find funding at the state level. But the situation is now such uh, that we've got two years uh, to, uh, uh, to reach that solution. I'm confident either uh, federally or statewide we'll get something in place. And, and hopefully Monica Lewis-Patrick will be our ally in lobbying to get that permanent funding. I think they said they would. I, they they also raised the issue of not being included in the announcement about this, and and I think their objection was that they've been working on this for years and years, and for a long, a very long time, the city was saying no, that that the the shutoffs were necessary; they were a necessary tool. Uh, I, I think they felt slighted, and and I think uh, justifiably by not being acknowledged in any way during that press conference. Why why skip that? Stephen, I completely disagree with your assessment. There has been a task force 
for the last five years in which those individuals have sat. There have been numerous changes. The city hasn't said no. The city leveraged a half a percent on everybody's bill uh, that helps uh, those in need and just got uh, uh, an increase in the Great Lakes Water Authority for a higher amount. We've levied, we've levied philanthropy. We have cut by 80 or 90 percent the water shutoffs. Gary Brown and the Water Department has made enormous progress with the uh, participation of these individuals. They disagreed that it wasn't enough. Well, this, it wasn't a, mo- uh, a moratorium. You said no to a moratorium until the, right. until the and, pandemic. And so what the governor just did was provide, largely through the CARES Act, the ability to wipe out a whole lot of debt of low-income folks and fund a whole lot of repairs. So uh, the, the issue is this, Stephen. We don't go to a meeting on these task force and everybody agrees on a solution. There's 14 different opinions. Uh, at every meeting, and I'm, I'm trusting Gary Brown to handle that. But when the governor's support came through and we knew we could declare the moratorium, we thought uh, most people would think that was uh, a good step. And so uh, we did it. We'd love to have their participation going forward in outreach and in the lobbying. Um, but uh, we did what we thought was responsible. We did it with the governor's support. Uh, and I feel good about the direction. I hope they will participate mm. and continue to participate. Okay. Uh, quickly, before I, I let you go, I, I wonder what you need or are expecting out of the lame duck session uh, in in Lansing. There's a lot of things, obviously, that uh, that are that are uh, high attention issues or priority attention issues here in the city of Detroit. What what do you need legislators to focus on for us? I've been talking to all the legislators. Our number one issue is the the poverty tax exemption. Uh, Right now, uh, if you're below the poverty level in the city of Detroit, uh, you can get all or part of your property taxes raised so we can keep you in your house. Uh, And the state law requires you to go in and fill that form out every single year. Uh, Now we've got a whole lot of folks at the TCF Center uh, during COVID having to come in and do this. And we've said to the legislature, Give us a one-year extension. Anybody uh, who was below poverty last year is highly unlikely to have gotten a new job and moved out of poverty uh, right now. Let's extend that for two years so they don't have to come back in and recertify. And for senior citizens, people on fixed income like Social Security, if somebody is 72 years old and their whole source of income is Social Security, they're not likely to get a job at the FCA plan next year. Let's allow those folks to get three-year exemption, so they only have to fill out the forms once every three years. If they get a job, they're required to, to come in and report that. Uh, and so we got that bill through the Senate on a 35 to 0 vote. Uh, it's over at the House now, uh, and I'm hoping the House will be you know, healthy enough to come back in session. And, and I've been talking to House leaders about making sure uh, that they get to that poverty tax exemption bill. That, that's our number one priority. Okay. Mike Duggan, mayor of the city of Detroit and hopeful for uh, the next year, uh, candidate for mayor. Again, thanks as always for joining us here on Detroit Today. Thanks for having me, Steve. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to take a look at the in-home care crisis that is playing out amid the pandemic. Stay with us for more Detroit Today.